Now, Victor, let's start off by uh, looking at what's happening in Nigeria. Stallion Motors, they've unveiled one of uh, a locally assembled Hyundai models. Tell us about yep. that. Hyundai, Hyundai Grand i10 is it's a very small four-speed automatic transmission. The 1.3 kind of engine, if you like. So it's an entry level. And for the Nigerian market, I must tell you, it's not a big car at all. But as you know, the modern small cars tend to have a lot of legroom inside. It, it doesn't have to be a, a massive, massive car. But the beauty of the story is that for the I would say for the first time, Hyundai is manufacturing cars in Nigeria. I, I must confess, I heard about this about eight, two, two months ago, that they were planning to manufacture cars in Nigeria. I thought it was going to be one of those grand plans that I talked about and never materialized, but they launched, they, they unveiled the first locally assembled motor car in, in, over the weekend in Lagos at the weekend. So. I just am so encouraged for Nigeria because it is Africa's largest economy. It's going to have to lead. And among other things, because they have minerals that they haven't taken advantage of, to start manufacturing automobiles is one of the ways to make sure that mining will become part of the Nigerian economy and diversify it so it depends less on petroleum. Good for Nigeria. But, Victor, is that something that we as South Africa should be concerned about? We shouldn't be concerned. Okay, if you want to be in a class of losers, yes, you should be concerned. But if you look at the African story as, as holistically as I like to look at it, I would rather have one African country manufacturing cars. The question is, in South Africa, as we are already manufacturing so many, can we do better? Can we get the manufacturing of the automotive components? We have the, the AIDC, the Automotive Industry Development Cluster, which has the supplier park in Roslyn in Pretoria. And as you know, in the Eastern Cape, we have two major motor manufacturers for export. The question is, can we go upstream in the value chain? By that, I mean, instead of importing some of the components and assembling cars locally, we have platinum produced locally. Can we make as many autocatalytic converters as possible? That way we get a lot of value for the minerals that we are producing. But I don't think we should rather be the only country that has capacity to manufacture. That would be a losing mentality. And then uh, moving to Ethiopia, a Russian company that recently signed an agreement with Ethiopian Ministry of Mines, uh, they are set to embark on an oil exploration project. Yeah, I think this, I hope this will make a breakthrough because before them there was Tava Oil, which is an even bigger player on the African continent. They went exploring, but I don't think they were satisfied with the results they found. But this time it's a Russian company. I love the way Ethiopia seems to diversify its foreign direct investment. They have Indian investors, they have Italian investors, they have Chinese investors, they have African investors. Arabic investors, but this time they have gone to Russia, which is a good balance. You will never be the subject of any specific country if you have such a diversified source of investment. But this Russian company is not just the only is not the only company. There's another company headquartered in Houston, Texas called Bell Geospace that's going to complete the data set and that will be available for the resources center so that you can know exactly where the resources, the oil resources are. But long customer service by this geospace, Bell Geospace, including ExxonMobil, which is a giant in the world, Petronas and London. So I'm sure it's go- we are going to see a lot coming out of there. And it shouldn't be surprising because Kenya, Tanzania, and Uganda have oil already. So it, it is not surprising that another country in the Eastern African region should be looking in the same direction.
Well, uh, Victor, I think, um, you know, it's a bit of a bitter sad moment for us here this morning because it is the last time that we'll be speaking to you about the African markets. And uh, going on to greener pastures, uh, I don't think we doubted for a moment that it would happen, but we are nonetheless sad that the moment has come. But, of course, from our side, wishing you all the best in your future endeavors. But um, I'm sure you'll miss us too. I will. I will miss this moment, especially that guy that comes afterwards. What's his name? Ramatibe. <laughs> <laughs> Clive. <laughs> I don't know how he manages to giggle so early in the morning. And <laughs> tell uh, Janet that if she doesn't cover basketball, I'm watching, I'm watching, and she must be nice to Miami in the future. Government. But I, I really enjoyed myself here. It's just that as you grow you tend to to end one relationship and start another. But in the end, radio remains the ruler because I don't think you can ever get a better medium. And, and SAFM is doing a great job. You are a much bigger player as a national station. So I don't think you can ever get a bigger stage than SAFM. So I'll always be grateful for what I've been able to contribute. And, yeah, let, let's get the African story out there going and, and, and build more faith in the continent amongst our people. Absolutely. And uh, that's uh, time out for uh, Victor Khomoeswane. Uh, he uh, used to bring us the African markets news on that every Thursday. And um, as I said, he's going on to, uh, you know, find other things to do also in this particular field. And we wish him every success.